Welcome to C3 Church Tagra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Phil Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. what you preached this morning, Pastor Julie, my wife. Uh, you did so fantastic. Let's have a look at this Hosea 6.1 uh, podcasters. Uh, give it up for those guys that are listening, and we love you. Come, let us return to the Lord, it says. So guys, I'm going to just go through it really quickly. So come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces, but he will heal us. This is in the Old Testament. And it's like a prophecy, and it's come to pass. Come, let us return to the Lord. Good place, good thing, good start. Acknowledge God. Say, acknowledge God. He has torn us to pieces, but He will heal us. Torn us to pieces. What does that mean? He's torn, well, when you live on the planet, stuff happens. Like Jamie's car got scratched down the car park at Westfield. Stuff happens. Stuff happens. It's just the planet. Don't take it personally. That's the aim. But we live in a world that is unstuck, coming apart. It's, it's, it's really, I guess, yeah, it's, it's, it's mostly corrupt, broken, sick, sad. And you've got to realize that you will run into that stuff on your journey to life. And that's what this scripture is saying. He has torn us to pieces, but he will heal us. He has injured us, but he will bind up our wounds. So God, I believe, in these days is saying, get to church. Like never before, he's calling us to church. We're living in perilous times. Lots of evidence of darkness, lots of evidence of the events of the last days. And God is saying, Get into church. Get into families. Get into families where you can shore up your faith, protect each other, support each other, encourage each other. God's word is moving in people's hearts in these days. In these days, I say, God's word is moving and working out his plans and purposes in people's lives. The word of God is living and active. It's living and active, and it's having its way with you, whether you like it or not, because it's seed, and when you receive it into your heart, it grows, and it manifests, and it has its way. God is, I believe, God is and wants to be realized through the church. God's glory is going to be expressed through the church like never before. So the first thing we need to do is acknowledge God. We need to turn to the Lord. Two, verse two says, after two days, Hosea chapter six, verse two says, after two days, he will revive us. Who loved it when they got saved? Experience of being revived. You first got saved. Your, your trespasses and sins were forgiven. You took the first breath of life in God and you felt alive. You were elated. You were completed in him. It was a good day, was it not? It was a good day. You're in Christ. The old is gone, the new has come. 
we, can, we have got a capacity now because we're a new creature, a spiritual creature. We can worship him. We can, we can praise him, worship him, seek him. We can give. We can be generous. It's a beautiful thing. We can come to church, become the church, because we're new creatures in Christ. On the third day, the third day deal is us because Jesus rose on the third day. We are third day Christians, amen? We're third day believers. Because now, this is before Christ, but it's saying, it's prophesying, you're going to be revived in the Old Testament, but on the third day, he will restore us that we may live in his presence. And that is exactly what we've been doing tonight. We've been enacting, can I have that scripture please back up? Verse two, thank you. They do a great job. After two days, you will revive us. So that's before Jesus turned up. You could be revived in God. You could have a relationship with God, the Father. But when Jesus came, we became third day Christians and we became restored to him that we may live Temple curtain rent from top to bottom when Jesus died on the cross. The temple curtain, just where the presence of God was in that Jerusalem temple, you couldn't get there. Only one priest could get in there and, and have a sticky peek and, and make a sacrifice. But when, when Christ died on the cross, the curtain was rent and the presence of God came out. And that's the kingdom. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand, Jesus said. His first major statement he made, repent, turn, look to God, look to, the, look to all things in God, his kingdom of righteousness, love, joy, peace, that is all in the kingdom. Believe in that. You can't see it. It's invisible. But look to it. Close your eyes. Put your hands out. Open your heart. He's knocking on the door of your heart. And all of a sudden... This light, this beam of light comes into your, the room of your heart. It comes into one room, and then you can open another door if you so choose, because you've got many rooms in your heart. Some people only allow God in one room, maybe in the foyer. Don't come in here, God. This is my personal place. Don't come in this room. That's, that's where I do some naughty stuff. Don't do here. That's where I'm compromised. Don't come in here. I haven't cleaned. Don't come in here, this is where I have my meal. And it's a very personal thing. And I, look, I just wouldn't want to be having a meal with you, dear God, Jesus, because that's a personal thing. But he says he stands at the door and knocks so that he can come in, and one version says, and commune with you and dine with you. Because you know when Jesus is sitting at your table and he eyeballs you, you know that you've got to be right with God. Although he loves you and he, and he covers you with grace, but you know he can see right into your soul, amen? Is that right? So it's in his presence, that's the deal. Some people are wondering why we're caught up, why we're a little bit adrift in him. I'm leaning into God now. I'm leaning into God as I'm speaking. I'm not in the natural. I'm leaning into God. He's speaking to me. I'm leaning into his breeze. I've got my sails up. The sails are, I'm moving where he wants me to. I'm, I'm, 
adjusting the sails, and I'm getting direction for the service even right now as the Holy Spirit breathes. See, this is where we get a little bit, a bit uh, mystical. All right, keep moving. My time is... The second experience is the baptism of the power of the Holy Spirit. And I do remember when that happened to me. You see, God has a plan for you. He has a plan for your life. You might not see it yet, but you will get a glimpse of it. You will. Living like this, you will get more of a glimpse of what God has for you as the days go on. So I believe God is speaking to us prophetically to rise up and to gather together. Now, this Saturday is the 24th of May. It's, it's the day of Pentecost. It's when the church was birthed. Jesus had died on the cross. He came back for 40 days. He walked about and teached and taught and over 40 days. And then he said, now wait, I'm going. I'm going. After 40 days, on the 40th day, he said, I'm going. But wait until the promise of the Father of the Holy Spirit. And they got into this upper room, something like this maybe, 400 of them, 400 disciples hanging on, waiting. He said, wait, let's pray. This is awesome. Yeah. Some said, no, I've got to go. That's too long. Four-hour prayer meeting. Oh, that's way too long. I'm, I'm gone. I've got stuff to do, man. I've got my homework. I've got a meal to put on. I've got something to do. I've got to go to work. I've got to... And then after eight, some more left and some more left and some more left. At the end of 10 days, there was 120 in the upper room. Book of Acts, chapter 2. All right? Book of Acts, chapter 2. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. Acts, chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together. Say together. together. Say better together. together. In one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven Filled the whole house where they were sitting, they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. A symbolism that they had, the Holy Spirit had come upon them. All of them were filled, say filled, with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Let's speak in the tongues now. Merisim, okarudonde, ledende, mereshim, come on, just speak. You've got to be in the spirit, but start off in the natural, but you can get into the, the spirit of the, of the occasion of speaking in tongues by just by starting and then believing by faith that your spirit man is speaking. Think of heaven, think of Christ, think, think of all things God, and all of a sudden a language came, comes out from inside you, and it's your spirit man speaking mysteries under God. Some people are not speaking in tongues yet. That's fine. But we are a spirit-filled church. We believe in speaking in tongues. And this clears the air. If you can speak in tongues, you can edify yourself. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Of course, Peter gets up and he preaches this awesome message, one of the most best messages in the New Testament, and we move on down to Acts 2.38. Peter replied, repent. And this is the end of the message. Man, this is the end of the message. He says, Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the, name of the, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
the promises for you and your children. So you've got you to be repentant to receive the Holy Spirit. Can I be brutally honest? Some people still haven't got the Holy Spirit because you haven't cleared enough junk out. You, 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 got, you pay homage to God, you, you subscribe to God, you like the church, you like things God, but you still haven't repented properly. There's not enough capacity in you for God to fill you yet. It's like if I needed to fill, if that water was all me, and I said, God, yeah, fill me, fill me. I said, yeah, wow, two words, okay, we'll give it, yeah, okay, come and bring the, yeah, oh, just a little touch, you know. But God wants you to pour out yourself and offer yourself as a vessel so that he can fill you and, and have that beautiful, clear, living water. Living water, now you're getting around, you've got a smile on your dial, you look clean, you look repentant, you've got some glory on you. People are looking at you going, what, my God, what happened to you? What do you, what do you want? Some uh, green, uh, what is it, green, green smoothie stuff? You're fasting or something? What are you doing? What is this? You know, you're glowing. It's what it does to you. It's what it does to you. Is this good? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. I'm still at 38. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promises for you, for you, for you, for all of us and your children and for all who are far off and for all whom the Lord God will call. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to the number that day. That's a good day's harvest, man. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. That's what we're doing tonight. We're devoted to the apostles' teaching. That's what we're here tonight for. Those who accepted this message were baptized, and about three, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship. Fellowship is hanging out with each other, to the breaking of bread, communion, and to prayer. Everyone's filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And if you'd been at some of our night services of late, late, you would have seen some of those signs and wonders. Now, Acts 2.44 says, all the believers were together. Say together, because it's better together. Had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. Together, another together there. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Folks, it's time to stand up in the sight of the Lord like never before. It's time to be the church, gathered, united, and strong. We are better together, but first we need to understand something. Ezekiel 47. Now, I need to move along quickly now because I'm not going to be able to get this done. Otherwise, is this good? I I can hear what you're saying, Pastor Phil, but honestly, how do you do it still? How do you become this church, C3 Tugra? How do you guys serve? How do you guys turn up and really get into the spirit of the moment and you're really engaged and you're caught up in glory and God's blessing you? I can see it, but how, how, how can I become this church like you are the church? Because we do become the church when we allow the Holy Spirit to baptize us and we then can migrate. I said migrate. Say migrate. We migrate 
out of this Egypt land, out of the wilderness, and we migrate into the promised land where all the blessings are, my friend. All the blessings are in the promised land. How do you do that? How do I migrate? The only way I know how to do it and what the Bible says is the Holy Spirit. Let's have a look at this. Ezekiel 47, verse 6. Let's have a look at this. He asked me, son of man, do you see this? This is about the river of God. This is about what's flowing through this church right now. Then he led me back to the bank of the river. When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. He said to me, the water flows toward the eastern region and goes down into the Arabah. Where it enters the Dead Sea, when it empties into the sea, the salty water there becomes fresh. Fresh. Who wants to be fresh? Put up your hands who wants to be fresh. Who wants to be stale? Thoughts so. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows including your friends and mine. There will be large numbers. People come alive in this church. They come into this church because there's a river flowing it, flowing through it. People go, man, I feel alive. Man, I think I can read my Bible. I think I can give. I think I can worship. I think I will enroll in the worship team. I think I will serve at the door. I think I can become the church. That's what happens when the river of God flows through a church. Wherever the river flows, there will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. Verse 9, are they up to me? So where the river flows, everything will live. Say that. So where the river flows, everything will live. Where we let the river flow, people start coming to life. Lives are changed. People are healed become united, where the river flows, there is life. Ezekiel 47, 10 to 12. Let's look at this. Fishermen were along the side of the shore from Engedi to Engelim, and there were places of spreading the nets. This is for the harvest now. Souls, souls. Just think about fishing for souls. Jesus said, I will make you a fisher of men. So this church is all about fishing for souls, retrieving them from darkness, retrieving them from being lost, and bringing them into the kingdom. The fish will be of many kinds, like the fish of the Mediterranean Sea, verse 11. But the swamps and marshes will not become fresh. They will be left for salt. That's what happens with churches without the Holy Spirit. (laughs) And homes too, and your life. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. Leaves will not wither. Your leaves will not wither when you're in the Holy Spirit, amen? Nor will their fruit fail, amen? Every month they will bear fruit. You just effervescent, you're growing, you're fruitful, it's just awesome, because the water from the sanctuary flows to them, their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing, meaning our leaves will have medicine in them to heal people, Julie put her hand out to that precious girl, there's some leaves on there, leaves of medicine, leaves of healing, and says be encouraged, be encouraged gave us some medicine because maybe she felt a bit sick in her spirit, in her soul. Amen? You have been called to be food and medicine to the world. Let's pray this. Father, help us do this. Make it possible to minister to them in Jesus' name. Lord, we have the medicine the world needs. What's ailing the world? You have it in the Lord to heal them. The fruit of the tree of righteousness is a tree of life. Proverbs 11.30 says, The fruit of righteousness is a tree of life, and the one who is wise saves lives. 
So what I'm basically saying, you are a tree, a tree of life. God is saying to the church, we've got to become the solution to the world, to our families, our workmates, sports centers, wherever we go. You can make a difference in our world. We need to transition from just enjoying the river, enjoying the goodness of the Lord. We need to be everything we are called to be, those trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified, planting of the Lord, be glorified. So, okay, guys, it's an 80s song we used to sing. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. I'm talking about being planted in the house of the Lord. How can you, how can you, how can you become a tree? The Bible tells us, number one, the Bible says we've got to be planted in the house of God. The Bible tells us that the church is the pillar and ground of truth. Whoa, ground. So I can be a soul, a living person, but be planted in the soil of the church, of the kingdom? Yes, you can. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 3.15, but if I am delayed, I write to you so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of the truth. The ground of truth. The, the church is the ground of truth. You plonk yourself into church and all of a sudden your roots start to go down. And man, you start to, wow, where's that energy coming from? Where's that nutrition? Where's that moisture? Where's that food coming from? Man, I feel like I'm spiritually alive. What's going on? I've only been at C3 Tiger three weeks. Man, I, I, I just attended a few meetings, but I feel like my, my roots are going down. I feel like something, my soul is wanting me to be connected to this family, but I don't want to be connected. I'm going to roll on through. I'm going to become a tumbleweed. I'm just going to go to, I'm not impressed if, if people have been to this nation, that nation, this nation. Now I'm bungee jumping in Norway. Now I'm doing this. Now I'm skydiving in the Arizona desert. I'm not, it doesn't impress me. I'm impressed with people who are planted in the house of the Lord. Amen. Because if you're rolling through, rolling through all the time, you are not planted and you will go dry. I know guys in their mid-20s who are burnt out from traveling the world and they've spent. They're over it. They've said, I've seen everything. I've seen the Grand Canyon. I've seen the, the, the waterfall. What is it? Niagara Waterfalls. And I've done everything. I've jumped. I've done everything. I, man, is there anything else in life? There is. Be the church. Be the church, be planted, get nourished, come alive in God. How can you become a tree? The Bible says, be planted. Jesus said, I will build my church. The gates of Hades will not prevail. The gates, another version is the gate, gates of hell will not prevail. The church that gathers but goes out and walks out God's ministry. Father, we believe we can reach out with that power of the gospel to save and heal. Romans 1.16 Statement, we need to be a demonstration of power, the power of God. If you're not planted in the, in the house of God, um, trust me, you will not be able to assume your right place in God and exhibit that power. Let's have a look at Psalm 1, 1 to 3. Blessed is the one who does not walk or step or in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. But whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law, that's the Bible, day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of living water, which yields its fruit in season 
and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Love that. And you will bring forth fruit in season, it says. Church is important that we are not just hearers of the word of God, but doers of the word of God. When the word becomes to when the word of God comes to work in you, develop you on the inside, you can become a tree that is planted of the Lord, that whose leaves will become fruit and healing for the nation. Understand this that we are in a time of crisis. You are the vine, Lord, we are the branches, Lord. We need this fruitful life. Hebrews 12:11 says, "No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been, hello, trained by it, trained by it. Listen to me now. Many have been going through training to produce righteousness. You are planted in the house of God. He is making you more fruitful through training. He's bringing forth that peaceable fruit of righteousness. It's the fruit that the world needs. God is preparing you and me for our best days, yet God is preparing a people to do amazing things in these great days. God started a work in you and in his church and he will complete it. He's coming back for a victorious church. We're moving into the third day Christian lifestyle. Resurrected, overcoming, ruling and reigning. Take courage. God is perfecting something in your heart. He's renewing you. He's transforming you. Let God do that. In the meantime, let's live in the here and now. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for you to do. We are to reflect His character, which is His righteousness and holiness. Ephesians 4.12, to equip His people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Ephesians 4.13 says, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Ephesians 4.16 says, From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love. That's the definitive, that's the ingredient, love, as each part does its work. How, Pastor Phil, how? Paul said to the church, it's a mystery, the ecclesia called church. Ephesians 3.3 says, that is the mystery. It's a mystery, this thing called church. That's what Paul said. It's a mystery made known to me by revelation as I have already written briefly, Paul says. Ephesians 1.22, and God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church. Ephesians 1.23, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way, filling us with peace, joy, and righteousness, of course. And I must say, There is a direct correlation of true biblical love working itself out towards each other that allows us, now hang on, why why do we got to hang tough in in this community called church? What's it going to do? Because you're going to grow up and you're going to mature. You're going to grow up and mature because it's so easy to get offended and move on down the line. Marriages do it all the time. Friends do it. I'm moving on down. No, 
God's way is to work through that, to forgive each other. Love, acceptance, forgiveness. Amen? And that's what we do in the state of play called C3 Tugra. We're in a state of play. Got my forwards there. Center forwards, midfield, defense. Jesus in Goldie. No one's going to get by him. Amen. But we're aiming to score goals for God. I've got some great players. Some of my key guys are away today on a surfing trip. A direct correlation of true biblical love working itself out towards each other that allows us to grow and mature in Christ. John 13, 35, I'm nearly done, but I want to quote something to you. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if we live like this, C3 Tugra. If you love one another, Ephesians 4, 16, from him, the whole body, joined, held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. I'm telling you, I've got six more bass players in this congregation that should be up there. I've got a, I've got a woman who's got three kids. How many children you got? Four, three, three, sorry. I nearly overshot the runway. Um, I've, got, I've, got, I've got six more keyboard players in the, in the church. I've got six more drummers in the church. Come on. I've got preachers galore. I've got people who can serve from one end of the building to the other. That's what church is all about. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work because it says in Galatians 5, 6, and I don't know if they've got this version, but if you are a follower of Christ Jesus, it makes no difference whether you are circumcised or not, meaning you're Gentile or Jew. All that matters is your faith that makes you love others. I'll say that statement again. All that matters is your faith that makes you love others. Again and again, there's so many exhortations regarding what believers are to do for one another. And I say that again. So many connotations of this phrase, to do for one another. We're going to go through them and that'll be us. Thank you, Jesus. This is where the rubber, these statements I'm about to put up in the moment, is where the rubber hits the tar. The road, is it? Is that different than tar? Road, tar. Help me with that. Road could be concrete and road can be tar. Okay, I'll cop that. I'll cop that. I stand adjusted. I stand. I think, you, I think Phil Cairns got you out of that. You, I think you phoned a, you used one of your lifelines out of that. <laughs> This is where it gets tough, church. But I know this. Hang on, hang on. It can be done in the Holy Spirit. You can, be, you can do church in the Holy Spirit. If you go, I don't need the Holy Spirit. You're going to flounder. I'm going to be speaking and, and, and I'm just going. You're going to, you're just going to be lost in la-la land. But if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, God can get to you. God can apprehend your soul and you'll be caught up in the mind of Christ, your heart, your soul will be caught up in Him because we worship Him in spirit and truth, but we love Him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And we're now engaged. Our whole body is like, like a cat. It's like, or you can be dis disengaged. Without the Holy Ghost, you'll be disengaged from God. It won't be too long before you'll be out of the church, you'll be in the world, engaged in all that the world has. 
The only way I know how to do God and church is in the power of the Holy Spirit. The only way I know how to read a Bible is in the power of the Holy Spirit. The only way I know how to give to God is in the Holy Spirit. Try do it in the flesh and it's, it's not very enjoyable. You can do it, but it's not great. You can do church in the Holy Spirit. You must be filled. You must be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Now, there's a practical side to this because you can't just sit there and be mystical and, and, you know, and, and have no real connection and not really be the body. You know? my, my, my little finger just cannot say, look, I'm out of here. Look, I'm not, I'm not going with you today. I've got to take my whole body with me. So let's have a look at the first one. I hope they got them. When we, okay, when we're better together, this is what we can do. We are to confess sins to one another. That's actually, that actually happened. A friend, uh, one of the church members came up to me crying after this morning's preach and actually said to me, I've got to confess something, and that's powerful, right? Next, thank you. We are to pray for one another. So we're talking about one another's, one another outward deeds. We're talking about one another. We can do this. We are to pray. We are to serve one another. Yes, seeing that all the time. We are to carry one another's burdens, seeing that in C3 Togo. We are to encourage one another. Yes, seeing that. We've done that. We are to wait for one another. Yes, we will wait for you to come back from the world. We are to care for one another. Yes, I'm seeing that. We are to function as members of one another, as a body of Christ. We are to be devoted to one another. I'm seeing that. We are to honor one another. I'm seeing this stuff happen. We are to be of the same mind toward one another. Yes, I'm seeing that stuff. We are to edify one another, edify, encouraging each other. We are to accept one another. We're doing this, guys. We are to instruct one another. We are to greet one another. We are to bear with one another. We are to be kind to one another. We are to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. We are to esteem one another. We are to offer hospitality to one another. We are to fellowship with one another. And that's it. Yeah, great stuff. Was that good? Was that good? That's what real church is about. Only possible, disclaimer, 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 very hard to do in the natural, but when you're blessed and baptized in the Holy Spirit, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You can play those drums. You can do that stuff that God's asked you to do. You can serve. You can encourage someone and pray and give and worship till the cows come home. It's awesome. God is good. Let's all stand. God bless you. Father in heaven, we, are, we come before you and say thank you that we are blessed better together. We are better together. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.